and welcome to another episode of the Horror Vision Horror Podcast. I'm Sean. I am the disembodied head of Anthony. Oh, and I'm Soulless Ray. Soulless. Soulless. And we are in the same room and we just watched a movie. Fuck, guys, it's, I don't know, 2019. <laughs> Literally, that takes <laughs> yeah, me back to 2019, yeah. man. You know, back in the old days before, like, you know, there was like the threat of nuclear war and... And all this good stuff, you know. Uh, I heard uh, Galvatron's running for president, so I'm voting for him. Um, yeah, you know, so. Uh, wow. Good to see you guys. Good to have you in person. You too. Likewise. Galvatron, though. Galvatron. Yeah. Hey, man. I'm a Unicron man myself. Okay, well, I can see that. Orson Welles. Um, we just watched Mickey Keating's new movie, Off Season. Just hit VOD. It's a six ninety nine rental on Amazon. Uh, how's that pronounced? Prim? Prime. Prime. There you go. Thank you. And uh, yeah, we're gonna talk to you about it. So we're gonna go with no spoilers up front. Then uh, we might go spoiler. We'll, we'll let you know if we're gonna go spoiler. I don't even know that you can spoil this movie. I don't think we need to go spoiler on this. Okay, thing. so if we're gonna do spoilers, we'll say something, and you can just turn us off. You might want to turn us off now. I mean, based on your political leanings, if you're like, I am so all about Megatron and not Galvatron, even though they're the same fucking robot, um, you know, but I mean, that's the way we are here, you know, very uh, divided. So, guys, what do you think of Mickey Keating's off-season? Ray. Me first? Okay. Uh, It took too long. (laughs) I'm sorry. This isn't the McLaughlin group. No, 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 no. It definitely has a... It definitely looks more polished than his previous films. It's a lot more. Um, um, it de- I think you nailed on the head when we first started watching, which is it definitely looks like his biggest budget. Yeah, to definitely. Date, uh, because he's got a lot more locations. Um, that's one of the things that's really uh, when you look at his other films, like especially Darling or like Psychopaths, like it's it's very limited locations. Uh, and, yeah, and this is. Um, this is a whole, like, community, an island, a small town. So he told a story about this on the on the latest episode of Colors of the Dark podcast. Yeah. They had the whole town. Like, he uh-huh. basically, I and the way, he, I know he didn't describe it this way, but, like, the way it sounded to me, I pictured the town hall meetings in the old 80s Newhart show where, like, everybody from town is there, like, Mickey Keating, like, yeah, so I want to use your town for this kind of Lovecraftian horror movie. And then they were like, Okay, all those in favor? Because he, like he had wow. the whole town. Yeah, he did. So I mean, it's pretty. It, cool. He also clearly, I don't know. Uh, I should have looked this up, but clearly, um, whoever cinematographer on this one is, it's a lot more grandiose. It's a lot more grandiose. It's a lot more large scale. It's a lot. It's also a lot cleaner. It's very crisp. It's uh, it's sharp. It's Mac. Fiskin, yeah, who yeah. has also he also did Pod and Carnage Park with him. Really? Yeah. Okay. So there you go. Hmm. It just—I don't know. Maybe that guy is just maybe his skill level is is getting better and better because it looks a lot more picturesque and just grandiose and crisp. That being said, it, it is a film very much of atmosphere. Yeah. Oh, he, he did. Yeah. So it looks like he did Psychopaths as well. He. It is. It is very atmosphere. I, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, on the level of like Carnival of Souls, honestly, to me. I've never seen that, but we were talking about how a related movie, Messiah of Evil, is all over That's us, in my this, opinion. Yeah, you know? same thing. And if you listen thing. to this podcast, you know we've been talking about that ad nauseum. Anthony, what did you think of season? I feel like atmospheric was the only thing it was. I felt the film was very boring. Um it's picturesque, yes, but there's not a lot else going on. Uh, I mean, as far as everything that's presented film-wise, it's nothing we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. And in fact, it's been, it, you guys have already mentioned a couple of notable titles. We can throw in, you know, five or six more of, of uh, examples of stuff that we've already seen this in. And, yeah. and done on a, on, a, on a much better scale, in my opinion. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not too familiar with this director's work. In fact, this is probably the first film I've ever seen from him. Okay. I think it is the only film I've seen from him. Um, but I, as far as what the uh, the actors brought to the, brought to the table, um, the, uh, the the lead role, she's the only one that really um, 
held the film together. Jocelyn uh, Donahue. Jocelyn well, Donahue. I mean, which is largely because she's the featured person. Exactly, right. and and the film is is much to do about isolation and 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 whatnot. And um, but like I said, uh, everything I've seen in this film is already something I've seen done better by a much more skilled director not to say that he didn't do a good job mm-hmm. again the film's picturesque there's a lot of you know beautiful gorgeous shots but anybody standing at an empty beach can take a gorgeous beautiful shot you know what i mean so a lot of it's all filler no killer apparently according to me anyway you know no, that's, from that's, what I saw. It's, that's a fair assessment <laughs> it's I mean, fair but i, I will i've just... seen a couple other of his films and especially like darling you can read the uh you can see the influences on the surface right mm-hmm. away, and you're like, I know where, the, I understand what you're doing, I understand where you're going. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, he's hitting, you know, he is hitting beats. He is hitting beats. Definitely, like, yeah, he's uh, hitting beats. Yeah. Although I feel like he, and I feel like all of us mentioned at some point in the movie, especially early on, beats often brings to mind the idea of you're working, working within tropes, established beats, tropes, but he subverts some of them, especially you know early on. Uh, he doesn't necessarily do what you would normally see done in those situations in these other films we're talking about. Um, but I would say, I, mean, I, 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 don't, I don't think you're wrong. Um, I think what he's bringing to the table is kind of his own, you know, I, he's taking in influences at the eyes and then kind of, repackaging them in in his own voice and it is a similar voice i i definitely there's a similar you know it's similar to a lot of other movies although some of the movies it's similar to are older so it's kind of like an updated version of uh like uh what's the what's the seaside horror flick uh oh geez with the um it starts out with the guy with the camera taking pictures of the chick and then is it it's oh oh, buried uh, dead and buried dead and buried dead and buried Remind me a lot of Adam Messiah. Oh, Dead and Buried. That's a good pull. Instead of being a remake yeah. of that, it's kind of his own thing, right? That's so, true. That's, yeah. But but at, at any rate, look, I, I, I don't necessarily think... I don't think you're wrong. I just... I feel like maybe I probably liked it more. Like, I that didn't bother me. Like, I'm just saying, I, I would have never sought this film out, mm-hmm. to be honest. I, I never would have sought this film out and... and, and Again, the things that it borrows from, I'd much rather go and watch those films. I'm not shitting or poo-pooing no, on your uh, feet for the night. I'm sorry. This is just my standpoint. No, you know, I, I, I've said it a dozen times. It's just been executed far better, far more many times than than, than, than needs to be done again. And um, so, I, I, again, you know, the guy did, uh, did a bang-up job as far as making a clean-looking film. Mm-hmm. I'll give him that. But as far as... Uh, yeah, I, I guess I could say as far as overall execution, it's done well, bringing new ideas to the table, um, with the exception of like maybe the, the the last third of the film. That's the only thing that had, had really had me engaged. Okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can't uh, sing its praises much more beyond that. Okay. So, so I mean, don't get me wrong. Again, the guy did a good job. It's it's a I think like Ray said earlier, it's it's a very well polished film, but. Not anything I haven't seen before. Right on. I mean, I also think it has it has to do with. I again, I think you're right. That's fair. I mean, you know, I mean, in a lot of ways, cinema is like other art forms in that we've got like you know, uh, I don't know why I'm thinking of jazz because they kept playing jazz in the movie. But yeah. I mean, you know, at some point, like you're playing notes that other people have played, and you're just trying to create something that. Is yours sounds dissimilar enough, and sounds like it's yours, even though you're still being within a genre. So, I mean, you know, I feel like there's based on that, based on like maybe life experience or whatever, you're, you, there's going to be things that are going to hit one person one way and hit another person another total way, and you know, um, yeah, like you know, you'll you can hear a piece of music right now, and uh, I'd be like, oh, this is amazing, I love it, and I could be like. Oh, when is this going to stop? <laughs> okay. Britney it's Spears is a revelation. <laughs> I'm just saying that right here, right now. Revelation. What That's, a revelation. That is daring. Wow. No, I get I get what you're saying, and I understand how, um, especially to a lot of new, newer uh, folks that are being introduced to the genre or now coming into the genre, this is a great... Um, 
a, a great place to begin a pull list of films that you know were you know, obviously where he draws his inspiration mm-hmm. from, yeah. and this is going to lead you down a, a, a path of spectacular cinema that you're gonna you're gonna stumble upon. Um, this is a great gateway to that. For me, unfortunately, I've already walked no, that I mean, path. You know, it's just what it is. That's a great way of thinking. Yeah, about it. yeah I didn't think about it that way before, but like, yeah, I guess. I guess I'd be more happy to hear like some young person being like, "Yeah, I saw this movie off season. It was fantastic." I'm like, "Oh, well, check this out. Check this out," rather than being like, "Yeah, I saw like I don't know whatever's the latest like their terrible reboot of of a you know great horror movie and being and being you know like uh, I don't know the re- like a remake of I Spit on Your Grave and they're like, "Oh, it's so good," and I'm like, "Oh, don't start there, please." It's not a good place to start. You know, it's interesting because, uh, so seaside horror is kind of like a sub-genre, like a, or maybe like a sub-sub-genre. And like, you know, there's part of me that like, likes the idea of genres and sub-genre tags for classification and conversation, but also like feels a little bit like I deserve to have somebody like, you know, book check me because I'm talking about, oh, in this, in this sub-genre where, you know, but, um... I really have found over the last two years. I really dig the seaside stuff. Like I don't know what. It, yeah, like yeah. I don't know what it is. There's just something about it. And this, it, it I felt so. Schaefer James did the score, and it's his first score from what I see on IBM. IBM on on his IBM page, and uh, I, I man, I really liked it. I liked. Um, a lot of the sonic textures with the wind and um, the bell tolling, with which Anthony, you pointed out, like was kind of constant in the background regardless of what else was going on. And I like that commitment to it. Um, I like that level of detail. And I felt like that level of detail was present here in a lot of visual and sonic respects. And so I really like that thing because it... it it helps make the world on screen bigger. You know, you're looking at a screen, and when you have these kind of, especially the sonic stuff, and it's going on, and you don't even know what's going on. It's really actually like expanding it in your head, and you don't even realize it. It makes it a, a more sensual experience, not sensual as in like, oh, rub my, you know, lay and call me daddy, but like sensual as. As, as now, engaging. hold on. Let's go back to that for just one second. <laughs> for any fans out there, that uh, is the proper way to greet Sean. You yes, see him, it is. It you, is. See him, you see him instead of hewing or anything. Just rub my leg and call me daddy. There you see my beyond fist, you come up and you rub that leg. They just want that out in the open. Please yeah. continue. Yeah, no, I mean, I have a shirt, actually, that says rub my leg and call me daddy. Oh. They misprinted it. It says call me Danny. So it's weird. Oh! Yeah, it's weird. So I just Danny Tanner. There yeah, you go. Torrance. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, there's a lot of Dannys you can go with. Bonaducci. So, um, but, 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 I, I really, so for, for me, like, I, I don't think you're wrong. I mean, I definitely feel like, you know, there's so many movies you can point to the beginning, and you said it at, right after I wrote it in my notebook. I was taking notes, and I, and I, I said, Fulci Beyond. The graveyard reminded me so much of Fulci's Beyond. And just something about the whole feeling of that scene really, you know, reminded it. And then that kind of bleeds into the scene where, like, the distant figures on the beach, and, like, yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, you, you know, I mean, it's just, you get a good shot because you're, you know, it's easy scenery, right? But there was something about the balls that Mickey Keating had that that scene. So she, Jocelyn um, Donahue, who people will know from House of the Devil, and um, Joe Swanberg, who people will know from, I mean, God, how many fucking movies? Sacrament, you're next. Uh, VHS, uh, along with all of his own movies. Um, they're, and the other thing, I still don't feel like I know what their relationship was, which was fine. There was a very rudimentary feeling to a lot. Most of the characters were called like fishermen, bridgemen. Like, you know, we watch it with subtitles. Like, they, they didn't really have names. Uh, but so she goes back to this play, this island in the Keys, because her mom's um, grave has been. Desecrated. Desecrated. And it, it's it's like a, the off-season, so there's a storm coming, so they're going to raise this bridge, and then nobody can get on or off the island, and, and they're trying to get in and out before that happens, blah, blah, blah. But so there's she goes to the cemetery, like, right, the movie wastes no time. Gets right into it. They go to the cemetery. She's looking around. She gets lost. She gets scared. 
she goes looking for him, ends up on this beach, and there are these enormous wide shots of, like, she's so far in the distance. Yeah. And the balls that Mickey Keating had to just, like, leave the camera on her for, like, I felt like an like exorbitant amount of time. But I liked it. Like, <clears throat> I don't know that anybody else would have done that. And then I, I was like, okay, he held it on her for a long time, and then it, like, turned, and then it faced somebody else in the distance just as far away the other side of the beach. I mean, they're like specks on the screen almost. Yeah. And I kept thinking, please, don't turn back to her. Wait here until she physically would have walked the distance and crosses it back in front of the camera. And he fucking did did it. Yeah. And he made us wait for it. And I appreciated that. Like, I don't know that many people would do that. And so, so, I don't, you know, Basically, like things like that, and then just the fact that I love this subgenre so much that even if it is kind of rehashed, I don't mind. I don't have enough films to watch to have this tone, so I was super fucking happy with it. As far as that, you know, goes. As you said, somebody that likes this, you can Google seaside horror, and you can find humanoids from the fucking deep. Uh, you know, uh, buried. What was the one again? Bur- uh, dead and buried. Dead and buried. Um, yeah. You know, said, like, there's so part many. Of, part of the thing that you uh, brought up was, like, I mean, it's there in the title of this film, which is, um, well, it's not, yeah, the whole off-season thing Vacant. is that it, it does, it, I mean, if you've ever gone to any place that has that atmosphere of, like, oh, this is the on-season, people come here for vacation, and, like, if you've ever been there for, after a couple days, you start to think to yourself like what do regular people do when we aren't here like having parades and standing around and spending money in their shops like what uh, it's you know what do the locals do there's something so fascinating it is an interesting concept and like um maybe it's just (laughs) maybe it's like the city folk thing and it's um it it it, it, are like one of the ways that our mind wanders is that it is towards horror. Uh, yeah. In the same way that, like, when we, when we think about, like, you know, cabins and woods yeah. and things like yeah. that, or uh, or being out in the country, when we got into the country, where, like, you know, you have so many stories of, like, the, the city people go out and they run into the country people and they're like, what do you do here besides almost get killed by bears and worry about getting butt fucked by, you know, people in the woods? Like, <laughs> what, do you, what do you people do here? Like, you know, like, you know, oh, let's go back to that real creepy quick. country music. Like you know, you just watch the deformed kid play a banjo. Like I'm a little bit scared. I'm gonna leave. Um, I haven't heard the word "butt fuck" in a long time. <laughs> I think we're bringing it back. Bring back "butt fuck" as a term. There it is. Uh, but anyway, hashtag. I mean, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. But it's just. I think it's just the way our minds go. Like, I don't know. It's horror fans. Like, we probably do that where we get to some place and we're like, God, what is this place like when there's no one around? Of course, because it's isolation. And so this does that so well, too. And, I mean, isolation, it breeds horror, right? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, God damn. Um, I always think, you know, uh, Stephen King and Peter Staub's uh, The Talisman. Uh God, I mean... I, I, I actually kind of hate the book, but I don't hate, like, the first, like, quarter of it, and it's, it's, uh, it's not, I, w- I always want to say Coney Island, it's not Coney Island, but it's like, it's like East Coast, Jersey Shore, reserve, maybe, it's East Coast Resort <laughs> Town in the off-season, and, and yeah. it really gives you, when I remember reading it, it, like, really gave me a feeling for this off-season, and, and yeah. man, I don't know, um, Anthony, what do you think? I just told you what I thought. No, but what else? Expand. <laughs> Expand. That uh, amazing. <laughs> Good old Anthony. Uh, what more do you want me to bring up? No, I don't know. I mean, any other thoughts, feelings, questions? There's a couple instances where I was wowed. I will definitely say that. Like, again, not a, not an utterly shit film or anything like no, that. No, not no, a, no, we not, get it. We not get in the slightest. Um, I think where it goes, where it kind of meanders to towards the end... Um, surprised me, and it's something hinted at very, very briefly in the t- towards the I don't know, what beginning, be, well, probably the first like 15, 20 minutes of the film, uh-huh. and not really knowing whether or not they were going to head back to that kind of kind of bothered me because I was like, man, I really hope they return to this thing and figure out a way to flesh it out 
but given the budget that they have, I know what you're talking about. I don't know if they're going to make this effective or not. And when they pulled it off, I was genuinely wow, genu- uh, genuinely wowed when I saw what I saw on yeah. screen. And I'm not going to spoil that. No, no, no. To any degree. Um, so I mean, that's that's the um, the kudos I will definitely give to the film as far as bringing something. And again, not something we haven't seen before. No, but. But but going into the the genre that I respect, um, that that you know the uh, that it's drawn from, I, I I was definitely surprised by that and um, and for that I'll say definitely go ahead give it a watch for that if, if this is if you know what I'm talking about and you know where the film's going, definitely give it a go for that. Um, but beyond that, like I said, pretty much what I've said earlier is there's a lot of this that's already been done that's been executed far better in my opinion and by far superior directors and um i get it there's a lot of beautiful open shots again anybody who sets up a still camera can do that yeah. so he reminds me a little bit mickey keating reminds me a little bit i was thinking as i watched it of warner herzog where there's an element with warner herzog where i realized at some point i'm like oh you know what he does sometimes he gets a location and then makes a movie based on the location and I think the movie that I figured that out in was a bad lieutenant ports a call which I'll defend to my dying day I fucking love that movie before Nick Cage kind of like this renaissance happened and I, I I'm not a believer that he can do no wrong by any stretch of the imagination but that was one of those movies where it was kind of, I was kind of like yeah I don't really like his movies that much I mean from time to time when I saw that movie I was like I fucking love this movie I love Nick Cage in this movie but it was so clearly based around the location. And he did that, I feel like, with a bunch of different movies. Werner Herzog did it. And I feel like Mickey Keating does that. And you can see Pod and Darling and Psychopaths are very stationary. It's like a house or whatever. Because, yeah. obviously, he's, he's not got a lot of money. He comes from that kind of Fessenden, you know, area of, of cinema where, like, either Fessenden or someone related to him, like, business related to him is giving him money to make these movies, and he does very good with what he has. I think Carnage Park, which I just watched for the first time recently, was one of the first movies where I saw it really opens up, but also it's like in the middle of nowhere, so it's not like they needed, you know, where, like here, this is like you're in civilization, so there's logistics. Carnage Park, there's logistics, but like a quarter of the logistics, because it's just the middle of nowhere. Yeah. So... And watching this, watching Carnage Park, like I just feel like he's like, okay, what do I have to work with? This is what I have. This is my location. Let me write the story to the strengths of that. And I respect that. I think that's a really good way to work because, as a you know independent filmmaker with a a budget and the constraints that come with that, I think a lot of people that work in in that field or like try to get into it can't surrender their grand mm-hmm. ideas. To the budget, and so go the other way. Get get the budget, get the location, and then write the movie, or however you know. That's how it appears to me. I could be totally off. That's a good point. Let me ask you this. Okay, so say obviously I've knew this guy's films. Where do I start? Pod. Okay, so because this film just seems very much like an homage to everything I just said prior. So, um, yeah. So so, so start with Pod. I was I, Pod was the one I watched. I was okay. like, whoa. I mean, it's it's not gonna. You're not gonna be like that was the best fucking movie I ever saw. Okay. But I was I was like, and a lot of this is I look at this as like you know I don't know that I ever will, but I've always had I've always held small aspirations for being able to one day shoot a movie. I don't. And there's nothing about my life that guides me in that direction, so it probably won't happen. But I look at a guy like this or like Ty West, and I'm like, okay. I see how he did this, and it makes me like the movie, whether or not it I've seen it before or whatever, because I'm like, oh, this is smart. Like, okay, I can learn something from this. Like, I get what he's doing. He's approaching this in the right way, and it makes me really, like, I feel like a, a weird, like, you know, unearned sense of pride in this person I don't even know. I'm like, dude, you fucking did it. That's awesome. And also because I'm like, and you're showing me how you did it. And, and so that's cool, because it can be done. It makes it feel attainable. 
Because I'm all for supporting an independent director. No, obviously. I know you are. I know you are. And I, I've said this before recently, too. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Beneath, Fessenden's Beneath. Dude. Yeah. All no. his budget went to a big rubber fish. And it's the most terrifying fucking movie I've seen in a long time. A, because it draws on deep water that I can't see the fucking bottom of. And excellent acting done on a boat in the middle of a lake. All you have is isolation. It's effective. So... It can be done. Um, like I said, as far as watching uh, other films from, from Keating, I would like to see something that's not very much an homage to other films. I'd like to see it in a, a, new, a newer uh, uh, original pod. story. So, yeah. So, Pod, I'll give a go. Yeah, pod, definitely. Card is part. Yeah, I don't want to write him off completely. No, no, no yeah, I get yeah. it. I get it. Yeah. Um, he's just, you know, I know. I, I, the thing is, to me, he just fits into that. There's a lot of new independent like. It's the gla- I always call the glass eye picks crew. It's not always well, glass eye picks. It's but not always glass the common denominator. He's in this. Well, right? the thing I was thinking about is that like there's there's these there's these directors and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna I, I know I'm riffing and I'm gonna and I'm gonna show you that I know I'm riffing and I'm gonna because I I can pay homage to things I'm riffing, um, like, to me it's like Bigos. Like, Bingo, mm-hmm. you can clearly see the influences. You're watching his films, and you're like, okay, I know who he's pulling from here. I know yeah. who he's pulling from in this movie. I know who he's pulling from in this movie. He's, it's pretty much there, and he's like, yeah, I know. I'm being honest. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to bullshit you. Like, and I, but like, that being said, I do appreciate that, because it's not like trying to pretend like you're breaking new ground or, or doing something crazy like you no know, one's ever seen before. Like, you're like, no, no, I know. I know this. I know that there's parts of this that are very much a big Twilight Zone episode, but I really like the Twilight Zone, and I, I'm, I'm showing you that I know it's a big Twilight Zone episode. So, uh, give me some leeway, and like I, I get that. I mean, yeah. I get, I get, I get, I get exactly what you're saying. I think that, um, I guess I appreciate that, and I, I, I uh, the fact that like people who acknowledge, like they don't just try to go out and be like, no, no, this is completely new and original, like. Kiss my ass, like you know. I'm sorry, but there, there's something to the saying of "there's nothing new under the sun." And but at least if you acknowledge the people that you have that have come before you and have done things, and you're just like, yeah, I get that. I'm trying to work within that genre. I'm trying to work within these beats, and I'm just gonna try and come at you with something that I something I want to see and something original mm-hmm. from my standpoint. Here you go. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for trying. Thank you for trying. Thank you for doing that. And like, I can appreciate that. You know. Well said. Um, I would also just like to posit right now, there is a, a a very overt mention of. Uh, Jocelyn Donahue says to Joe Swanberg, something about when we get back, we'll stay in her the the. This recently deceased mother's house in, on Block Island. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For a week or something, and the first thing I thought of is—is is that like a reference to the Block Island Sound, which was a seaside horror movie yeah. from last year the McManus brothers did? And I, 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 like, if I have one question for Mickey Keating, that's the question. I'll probably yeah. actually try to ask him it on, on I'll tweet at him or something. Yeah. I mean, he might be like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I just, I don't know. I, I was like. It'd be kind of amazing if he caught if he tweeted you back I mean, with it, like you caught that, huh? It, it was it's just like are you referencing this like relatively new movie like that also dealt with because that movie had such a weird concept behind it with like yeah. this toxoplasmosis, but from like an alien or like yeah. some kind of a Lovecraftian whatever, yeah. and there's definitely strains of that here. So, yeah. you know, I I don't know, but anyway, like I I'm I know I'm watching this again. This is a kind of movie where like. Mm. I, I know Anthony just said uh, it was playing at Alamo Draft House right now in yes. downtown LA. Yes. I don't have any desire to go to downtown LA at any point, really, for the rest of my life. Um, <laughs> but that would, uh, man, I don't know. Yeah. I, if I if I had if there's a, a showing time this week that works for me, I might be tempted to go. 
Unless, of course, it's playing at Lemley's, which he'll go there. <laughs> I mean, I, man, I got to tell you, I would, I would love for my first viewing of this to have been fucking stoned out of my gourd sitting in the theater. Wow. Like with the sound just on 12. I That would have been optimum. Like, I yeah, think it, it would have been way more, uh, just, it would have had a bigger impact. But overall, like, I really dug it. I'm glad we watched it. And yeah. I just, I, I want... This is his bigger, his biggest budget, I think, so far. So I hope the next movie for Mickey Keating is an even bigger budget, and I hope he just keeps progressing. And yeah, yeah I don't know. Closing, closing thoughts, Anthony. Bigger than the film, I'm glad we're all able to sit here in person. Fuck yeah, man! Yeah. So good, so, so good. And uh, one last shit. note yeah. for the for the listening audience, because I know this is a oral uh, experience Ooh, uh, and not a visual experience. For those of you at home that were like, whoa, when Sean did his comparison to Werner Herzog, my, I literally was like, like my face owed like I had seen someone get hit by a bear. And, <laughs> and Anthony started silently laughing across from me when he saw my face. Because I was like, Jesus Christ, did he really just make that comparison? I mean, I get it. It's still a ballsy... I mean, it's more fucking Herzog. So I guess, um, you know, Mickey Keating, if you're listening out there, just find your Klaus Kinski and you're yeah. set to pop, my friend. Yeah. Maybe go back to... um. Why am I blanking on her name? The girl who's the star and darling and is a sister in Pod. and She's also in the Beagles movie. Yeah. Ashley Lauren Carter. Yes. Lauren, Lauren, Lauren Ashley Carter. Ashley Wait, maybe I'm forcing to fix in. Okay. Yes. Okay, so... Because she carries Darling all by herself. No, she's good. So she's, she's very good. So she's fantastic. I think she's your Klaus Kinski. Go for it. You think maybe, like, there'll be a thing where, like, he directs... I hope not. This is, it's funny. You can hear her song directed <laughs> Kinski yeah. at gunpoint, and it's one thing. But if you heard that, that directed Lauren Ashley Carter at gunpoint, gunpoint, it would be a totally different thing. I got, I, oh, I got, I, I, I'm, if you're listening, Keating, I'm going to pitch you your idea. Same setting, same setting, but here's the thing. You're going to, you, you cast her as a voodoo doctor in the Florida Keys. Like okay, that. wait a minute, wait a minute. Because for some reason, wait the whole time with that setting, I was like, ah, this is making me miss. Like, a, like I the, want a voodoo movie. Like the first 25 minutes someone, of this movie, Ray kept, he was like sitting on the couch, and he, I just kept hearing him go, voodoo doctor. Voodoo doctors. I want voodoo doctors. I, I do. I don't know voodoo why. Doctors. I want to go old school. Doctors, and and Mickey zombies. Keating, if you're out there and you're listening to this, you get Ashley Carter. You get Ashley Lauren Carter. Lauren Ashley Carter. Lauren Ashley Carter. Lauren Ashley Carter. <laughs> Just keep you around. cast her as either the victim. I'm sorry, Mr. Carter. Of a, Mr. Of, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Of a voodoo That's doctor. Right. You Carter. get yourself a voodoo doctor. And like. Oh. I want to see somebody practicing like voodoo and raising old school zombies, like the raised dead, not for the purpose of eating people, but Wait. for the purpose of do, doing their bidding. Wait, the ra raised dead, like R A Y apostrophe S? So no, you want to be the voodoo doctor? Hey, I'm not doing nothing but working at a tire store, okay. sir. So I'm free. You can cast me. So free. You can hire me as a voodoo doctor. I'll rotate your tires and bring back your dead. <laughs> That's right, Nell Carter's coming back. Oh, hey. Okay, what else we got on the docket, guys? Um, Anthony, you got anything else you want to talk about? Uh, other than just brief things I've done, horror-related or quasi-horror-related. <laughs> interesting. <laughs> no, it, it really is interesting. Much. No, no, no. You guys know my time's limited, but uh, I, I got my kid to sit down with me and watch a couple of monster movies. Uh, so oh. yesterday we watched. Um, Monster Rampage. Oh, uh, with the Rock. How is it? It's fun. It's fun. Um, which is weird because I'm sure everyone's gonna be like, "You shit on this movie. You like the fucking Rock." <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I mean, I, I grew up playing the games in the arcades, and then um, obviously it's it's a silly film. It but, is a um, nonsense movie all about action and big shit blowing up. But you know what's funny it, and it's what's really interesting about it is because I haven't seen this since I saw it theatrically. There's blood and guts in this movie. Is it really? Yeah, there is. There's a scene where, like, the direwolf monster goes after this, like, hit squad. Yeah. And then later on, they go back in the woods. 
There are body, body parts, parts intestines, yeah. dismembered corpses everywhere. And I'm it's like, weird. How the really? fuck did they pull this off in yeah. a PG-13 flick? And they do it a couple of times. They do. And um, it's actually quite surprising. So that was that was fun to sit through again. And my kid, just, he tunes out halfway through. He's like, ah, I'm going to go watch Elmo. And, and that's okay. And then today we watched Pacific Rim. Oh, nice. Um, so uh, both of them are on Prime. Uh, not Prime. They're both on um, Max real. right now. Yeah. 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 So, uh, you know, just, I, I try to keep that going today and watch, you know, two monster fi- giant monster flicks back to back. that's then, fucking awesome. So man. I did that. And then um, I just finished playing a game called Valferis that came out two years ago. Valferis is like kind of like a space opera. And it's a 2D side-scrolling action game. And it's, um, it's like 8-bit. Uh, or maybe a little bit better, maybe 16-bit. So it looks like, uh, but it, it basically plays like a Contra game. I was just going to say Contra. Splattered with blood and fucking gore everywhere. It's 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 so fun. And um, basically this guy comes back to his home world after, every, you know, after being gone for a certain period of time. And basically it's like the void took over his entire world. Oh. So he's just going through trying to figure out what the hell happened and just splattering his way through this entire game. And um, I just finished it today. Uh, I think I put about 10 hours into it, and at the end of it, it gives you, like, your kill count. I think I killed, like, 2,200-something monsters in the game, or or humans. And, I mean, everything just dies in an explosion of blood. It's fucking cool. And it's got a heavy metal soundtrack. Really? And every time the guy gets a new, like, weapon upgrade, he, like, will headbang and flop his hair up and down. It's pretty funny, actually. And um, Valferis was really fun. Uh, But, yeah, just kind of, like, as a space horror opera type game it's really fucking fun um what is it what system is it for it's for multiple so you can get it on pc switch uh playstation whatever you play Uh games on i like to play on my little nintendo switch in the dark on the toilet and uh (laughs) no but uh that that was really fun and and like i said it's it's horror jason it's filled with tons of monsters and just gore and splatter it's really fun actually and um I think it also told me that I died 360-something times, which is fucking great. Uh, but uh, honestly, that's that's all I've really been up to lately. So, you know, I play a little bit on my breaks, watch a little bit of movies on my breaks, and, and I was able to squeeze two movies in with my kid this that's, weekend, so dude, that was fun. Awesome. And this one. So, I mean, that's, that's what I've been up to. Yeah, that's cool. What about you guys? Right? Well... They've been dropping a lot of uh, stuff on Shutter recently, like a lot of French horror. So I got to see Livid finally. I got to see Frontiers. I fucking love Frontiers. Let's talk about both those. Um, on a small side note, because uh, we're not going to dig too deep in it, but I always thought for, for many years, I thought you were too harsh on the movie High Tension. And then I tried to watch it uh, three times. Oh, well, the first time I tried to watch it on Shutter, and I... I fell asleep. And no, I, wait, you had not seen it before? I'd seen parts of it. Okay. I didn't see it all the way through. Um, for, I gotta say this. Um, Shudder. No doves. No doves. Really? Make us read. Make these illiterate bastards read. Wait. Because it's a terrible dub. Oh my god, it's bad. Oh my god, it's bad. It, it's, they don't have it with subtitles? No. I don't there's, only, that. there's only a couple moments where the subtitles come up, and I guess it's because they didn't know how to translate the no, words. No, I don't believe were... it. Dude, Livid was subtitled. It's maybe Frontier it's on... was subtitled. I know, but this wasn't. This was dubbed, and I was like, "Why isn't there an option for me to turn this off?" But it was dubbed, and the dub acting was not good. Uh, so then I sought it out on Canopy, and I started watching it in the original French on Canopy, and knowing the ending, like. Just kills. So all if you're attention. listening to this and you you have not seen Hot Tension, High Tension, and you intend to see it, don't listen any further because we're gonna spoil yeah. it. Almost it's an 18 year old movie. I'm just gonna give it. I, I just, that's all I'm gonna say is that you're right. You were correct. I'm gonna I'm gonna call it a day on that. Okay, yeah. then we're not gonna spoil it. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it, you know what? I'm I, so really just really quick. Don't I'm, know the don't know the twist going in because it'll probably sustain better for you. Yeah, I, I'm going to watch it with, with Kirsten, because I'd be curious to see... I'm not going to watch it on Shutter, though, if it's not... Find it on Canopy. Oh, it's on Canopy. It's also on uh, Hoopla. It's it's one I've and you can watch it in the original. Before. I have such a... It's like, I like so much of the movie, and then... I get it. You know, the, the twist happens, I'm just like, no. 
You, no, you specifically because if you with know something we saw previously, it's just, it, because it, if it you know, me. if you know the twist yeah. and you know what's coming, unlike other movies that have twists, like let's say Sixth Sense, where you watch Sixth Sense and you're like, oh. Wow, well, it actually kind of enhances. Of it enhances on a second yeah. viewing because you're like, "Wow, that is cool. How that is neat. How did he do that? He was so convinced me this was one scene, and it's a totally different scene. That's fucking cool. And instead of this, you're like, oh, "You cheated the whole way." <laughs> yeah, it, that early scene with the guy in the truck with the severed head blowjob. It just, you know what? You just can't, you, you can't show us, the, it, 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 whatever. There's, there's a podcast called Don't The House Cheat. That Screams I listened to recently. They, their newest episode, um, they talk about this. And they gave, and they, they one, of the, one of the girls uh, that hosted, she gave a different perspective I've never heard before. I never thought of it. Well, kind of two, and they, they kind of, Maybe make me think when I watch it next, I won't hate it as much. But I, I don't know. I mean, I just whatever. It, it, it's hot. It's hot and strong. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, better things. Let's talk about dude, livid. I, you know, that's famously not ever been available here before. That's, that's crazy. The directors of um, which isn't exactly true because I'd always heard that, but then as soon as I watched it, I went to buy the Blu-ray and it was it was easy to score. Uh, I don't know if it was if that's. I, 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 it might have been just know. like hard to get for a while there. Um, movies like that. But this is. Um, I mean, for people out there that you know are Lynch fans and probably have seen uh, uh, Eraserhead on a few different things. For there was a, there was the first twenty years of that movie that it was hard as shit to get old. Yeah. That it was just the video. I mean, it was just a video that was sitting on a shelf in a video a, store that people had forgotten about. That like time. I actually had to go when I was in high school in the '90s and go. There was a, a video store like in, in like Cicero, which was like far. Yeah. I had to go get a membership at this video store because they had a cult corner and they had it. That's like uh-huh. how I finally saw it. Um, and it was probably the only thing I ever rented there. Uh, it's Alexandra Bastillo and Julian Marais, or I'm probably butchering the names. Two French directors also did Inside. They did Deep House. Um, they did Among the Living. They did uh, one of the Texas Chainsaw Ooh, Massacres. Oh, I do like Among the Living. So, Livid, it, it's harder to come by, and I, Shutter added it, and man, I watched it two days in a row, because the first, I turned on too late the first night, and I just kept, I kept fighting, like falling asleep and shit. But I will say, like, I just thought it was so beautiful, and I, I just immediately loved it. It just has that fairy tale quality. It takes place. It had. It does have fairy do, tale quality. They do several homages in it, mm-hmm. and there's a really overt one to uh, Halloween Three, which was very nice. Oh yeah. And there's yeah. there's another one I. I remember. I forget what it is, but they also mention because it it has to do with ballet a little bit yeah. and they mentioned the school in Suspiria so oh yeah they do don't they it is the same universe as Suspiria which uh, Tori from this show mentioned to me in a text before I watched it she's uh, like oh you know it made me like it more so thank you Tori and uh, yeah I just I loved it I thought it was just such a gorgeous movie it, it definitely had that fairy tale thing Argento does sometimes but but what it man I don't know it just I, I really really liked it a lot what do you think I feel like I gotta give it a rewatch. It's definitely beautiful. Um, I think I just wasn't expecting what I got, which was much more of a fairy tale. What's well, lumped in with French extreme? And there's nothing extreme about yeah, it. Yeah, that's. I guess no, I was, nothing at all. I guess I was expecting something like when. Uh, I don't want to give anything away. Like I feel like people should focus on their own. The trailers were terrible. I, I never watched the trailer. I saw you know, a trailer and it was terrible. So, so this, what year was this from? This was from um, I thought it was. I thought it was clearly going to be, I thought it was going to be like, these people get, break into this house and then once they're in the house, like, it was going to be a lot more, um, how should I put it? Like. Severe. Saw-like. 
Oh, I'm going to like water. traps and things like that. And then when I when once I figured it out, I was like, oh, oh okay, ah, uh, this is not what I was expecting. Dude, the tea gotcha. party. Yeah, oh that's what. God. God, I felt like that's why I felt like they were traps. I felt like they were like I, I was like so cool. Then I was like, oh, I see. Okay, so I I do need to give it a rewatch with the con with the with knowing where it's going. Right, right. I, I mean, I think I think it, it, it probably probably expecting one thing and getting another thing like threw me off. Yeah, I can see that. That happens. Um. Probably, yeah, I'd say it's unfair of me to bring that to the table with it. But, I mean, sometimes it's one of those things of, like, like I said, I saw a trailer for it, like, a year or so ago when I rewatched it recently before, but when you said the shutter, it was coming to shutter, and I was like, what is, okay, I remember hearing about this, what is this movie about? And I watched the trailer, and I was like, the even more so, like, is this, like, someone, like, a saw kind of thing? Like, traps in a house? I'm like, okay, find out when I watch it. And it's not that, but like, it surprised me. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm guessing, I, I, you know, I, I think I will, and I'll, I'll, I will definitely have to give it a rewatch because I, that could have similarly happened to me with Your Next. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I didn't see a trailer for. I remember seeing oh, the wow, posters. That's, that's amazing because I, I remember seeing the posters. I for saw that trailer so many fucking times a year that came out that oh. I hated the movie before. I, like I thought I would hate the movie. Yeah. When and I then, finally saw it, I was surprised. I, I hated the trailer. I, so I didn't see the trailer. I never saw a trailer for it. I remember seeing the posters everywhere when I was when it was coming out. And I remember thinking like, oh, this is just another like home break in like the strangers. And I was like, I got it. And then. Um, once I sat down and watched it, I was like, this is amazing. Yeah. Like, the posters are terrible. Like, I understand what they're going for and what the studio was hoping for. It was like, we're going to pull in that crowd. But just don't. Why did you do? Just let it be its own thing. Yeah. Let it be its own thing outside of, like, and Livid definitely feels like it's a, it's, a, it's its own thing. It's its like, own thing for sure. I guess if you're listening and you have no idea going in what it's about, like, I think this is reference is a little bit closer than anything you're gonna see i don't want to mislead anybody because i feel like that it, that well and that suspiria a is a is a fair it's a fairy it's a fairy yeah. tale if it's, you a, go it's in a dark just, fantasy it's, if, if you go in just with that there's a similarity like, whoa like there, yeah it's a dark fantasy and that's yeah um and, and I will also just say to listeners I don't think these French movies are going to be on Shutter I hope I'm wrong but for I, a very long time. I think they're going to be off like at the end of the month so I would definitely say the ones that are on there that I can vouch for there's a couple of them but the ones I feel like you should Livid is great and if you Martyrs is hard to stomach but it's oh, worth it's it so good. it's worth it but it is not any and I don't I don't want people like it's it's a fucked up movie, so it's gonna fuck you up. It but is a fucked up movie, but for some in reason, in the end, I, it's worth it. I find it so worthwhile. Yeah, I mean, dude, uh, I find it so worthwhile. Uh, uh, and even though it is a hard watch, it is a fucking hard, hard. It's watch. one of the few movies that um, goes where it goes that makes that it makes it worth going there. In my <laughs> it is the other one that is on there that is again a hard, 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 hard. Man. Don't watch it at the end of your day. Plan on it being early in your day so that you can go out and like watch cat videos online or something afterward or or go get your favorite pizza. Whatever it is that makes you joy joy in the world. Go ahead. Mm, it's, I know you're going to go get that. Oh, no, one. no. Don't watch it. <laughs> Give reverse Irreversible nope, a shot. Nope, don't. Um, don't, it's don't. a great film. It it's is a great film. But don't watch it. Don't watch it. It is dark. It is. Don't watch it. it is. It is great film. Beautiful film. Don't watch it. It is a hard movie to watch. It is don't a hard it. movie to get through. It is um, incredibly nihilistic, but it's oh, it's it's a work of art. I'm it sorry. is. I I, and, I almost watched it the other day. Actually. And if you can get yourself through it, like I said, you know, just. Get away from that afterward. Go, you know, watch some cat videos. If you like 
dog videos. If you like dog videos, know, no dog. Videos. Oh, I was it's like, like, what the fuck? You know, if you like to see cute dog videos, <laughs> yeah, or, like some dogs, or just dog people dog. being stupid, whatever. <laughs> Maybe watch Jackass. I don't know. Whatever your whatever makes you giggle the most in the world. <laughs> dog videos would probably make me giggle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Go ahead and throw that on afterward, because you're gonna need it. It's a fucked up movie. It yeah, is man, dark and harsh and evil, but I think part of the reason that it is so dark and harsh and evil is that like it's it's one of those movies that like uh, the reason it fits in as horror is because it's about how terrible the world is and how much the things that we do to each other and the world itself can just be so unmercifully unforgiving and and treacherous and dangerous that life itself is almost the monster that we have to fight back against well said but let me just say this i think this is the wrong time in 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 history to watch this movie there's <laughs> like you're not gonna be able to turn it off and be like oh you know well don't watch the, the news for god's yeah, sake well, don't don't turn on that i mean I, yeah. I feel like just maybe it's the wrong time you're not wrong it's a beautiful movie watch Look. irreversible and then go go to the go to a local theater and watch the latest jackass movie which yeah. is a delight I laughed my ass off. I was in a sitting in a theater by myself. This is something from Jackass podcast, but I don't mean to do that. But I sat in a movie all by myself and laughed my ass off. That's funny because it was so freeing. There was just me, and I was like, "This is fantastic." And you I know, can't, I can't wait to see a lot that. of men dicks on screen. That's funny as uh, shit. <laughs> okay, so let, let's let's talk let's about that let's talk about Frontiers real quick. Oh, okay. So this is a movie. It was an after. I think. Was it After Dark Horror or Seven Films? Design I think it's horror? After Dark, yeah. So it's After Dark releasing. 2011, roughly, or maybe before that, 2008, something like that. I remember being mildly afraid of it. I remember reading stuff like this movie is the roughest out of all of those released from the After Dark or whatever. I blah, heard blah, that blah. too. Um, and it was, so, Anthony, you saw this back when it came out, correct? Agreed. Yeah, I was going through a pivotal point in my life when I was. Oh seven. Yeah, seeking out the most extreme cinema. Wow, and it's NC seventeen as well. And actually, um, Irreversible is one of those films that I saw. And back back to what you said about Irreversible. Just real quick for for those that don't want something as heavy hitting, may maybe go check out another one of Gaspar Noe's films. Oh, climax. Yeah, oh, yeah. Go, go dabble, dip your toe in climax. If you oh, can stomach that, maybe work your way backwards fantastic. through his uh his catalog. But yeah, that, I think that's a good place to start. Uh, Frontiers. Um, was was <laughs> we had this conversation earlier uh, uh, pre-recording? Uh, I I just said um, basically this film wasn't the most extreme that I'd seen um, at that point because I'd already seen Inside and Inside and Martyrs had just completely buried this film um, in my opinion. It's not bad. Um, the 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 twists in it aren't horrible. Um, the effects are so-so. It just it just didn't hit hit anywhere close to where I thought it would, especially considering its content. Uh, again, going back to the first movie we've already seen before in American cinema. Um, so, but but Ray had a really good point about we're so used to seeing that here on our soil that kind of makes it. Um, uh, forgive me for paraphrasing you uh, incorrectly, um, but. I think you said something about it. it. It seems so, so tame and easy to to stomach because it's here, and it's something that we can relate to. Yeah. Uh, opposed to seeing it overseas, where it's where it seems like it'd be more. Um, I, I think you could put yourself in the shoes of okay, now I'm in a different place, and yeah. now now it's much more terrifying because I'm in a foreign land. Um, but yeah, like like I said, just it wasn't all that um, exciting to me, just because, like I said, it, it goes back and borrows from the you know texas chainsaw massacre elements etc yeah it just wasn't enough house of to, a thousand corpses, of a thousand corpses yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. so yeah. if, if you don't know out there listening the whole premise is it's france and it's during a, a tumultuous political moment a couple friends rob a bank you come in well after the bank robbery and they one's injured they have to hightail out of the out of paris and they go into the countryside and they find this lone building where it just happens to be like room and board and basically stumble into like what here would have been would be backwood cannibal family right mm -hmm. 
So, so just giving the background. So obviously been done before. Okay? Exactly. So, so anyway, sorry, continue. No, just, just not, not to add too much more to that. Just that it, again, nothing I haven't seen before. And again, executed better yeah. elsewhere. Um, it, but then also just unfortunately, like really kind of being let down by, by the, uh, hype surrounding the film. I did not think it was extreme at all. I, nor, nor I. And, and that's, that's what that was surprised kind of, me too. Yeah. That's what was bothersome to me. It was me like, too. okay, why was there so much hype surrounding this film? Well, saying I that think, it was I so over the top. One of the wasn't. things that hit me was that, um, how should I put it? So one of the things about like because you're right i mean it, it, there is the thing of it's it's in this it's in this other place but one of the things that i kind of liked about it was that it being in france with like house of a thousand corpses and like you know uh, uh texas chainsaw massacre there is that underlying current of the the south shall rise again mm -hmm. like you know the northern aggression and that's partially why they're why they're going why they're attacking the people that they're attacking they're these these you know these yankees coming into our mm. territory and like not acknowledging that we're powerful um i just for some reason that's so used its own embedded it's so an american concept yeah that when when you put it in france i never considered the fact that like because the, the the thing with the family is that they're they're a family of and i didn't like the con I didn't like that in the description they were they were called neo Nazis because literally the 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 the, the, the figurehead the father of the family as we find out we're watching the film was a Nazi yeah. he's literally a Nazi who when the war was lost went I'm going to stay here I'm going to have my family and I'm going to raise them all to be Nazis yeah they are my my third right because the father is really raising them with the concept of at some point will rise the nazi regime will rise we will take power and my family will be there with me yeah. for to be there and take power i mean in the meantime we'll live in this french countryside and um I just had never thought about it as being something that the rest of the world would have to deal with, yeah. especially parts of Europe. But it totally yeah. made sense. I was like, yeah. "Wow, that that makes so much sense." Um, I I don't know. I, I I think the other thing I think maybe reason that some of like the like people are oh it's so extreme it's so dark, is that it sounds weird to say this, but there is a charm. To Leatherface, there's a charm yeah, to the, yeah. to the um, what's the name of the family in House of Thousand Corpses? Part like, one. Yeah, you've got like the brother. Like, yeah. I'm forgetting the kid name of the character, but he's got the you know the paint on his face. He dances around. Yeah. Like, you know the girl like kind of delights in killing people. Like um, Leatherface, he dances with a chainsaw at the end, and he's also like you know he's also like kind of a fantastical figure. And, yeah. He sticks his tongue out, and like there's a whole dinner sequence where like they're laughing at her, and like they're clearly like kind of like having fun at the expense of, of her. Whereas there's no humor in these people. There's no yeah. like there's they're, they're very humorless. They're very exacting and cruel and mean, and they just you don't look at any of them and think like you know that I I think I feel like one of them is named Klaus. I'm like that. Klaus is a charmer. Like, I mean, no, none of them are. None of them are likable characters. None of them are like. Like that guy's my favorite. Like Leatherface could be your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Chainsaw Massacre, or like in you know the sequel where um, I forget his name. Mosley, yeah. Chop Mosley Top. Chop Top is fantastic, and you're yeah. like, you know what? Chop Top is pretty evil. But if I rented that dude in a bar, I'd probably want to hang out with him for a little bit because he sounds fantastic. You know. Whereas these people, you're just like, I would just want to get the fuck away yeah. from them. Even like, even like the beginning, where it's it's like the the two like chicks so fucking the, menacing. The two chicks are, are, are they're menacing as fuck. They're good looking, but I'm like this, <clears throat> the one guy is gonna like, he's clearly setting up to like, you know, bang both of them, and I'm yeah. just like, buddy, don't do that, buddy, like, buddy. And the way he keeps talking about them around him, yeah, like it's... they're sucking skanks, and I'm like, this dude is. Well, and, and really, oh. really, that's like where it really goes south is like, yeah. 
right? Like, uh, doesn't I, I think she propositions him again at dinner, and he says something, and, he's, and he calls her a skank or something, yeah. and it's like from that moment on, it's like, but I mean, that guy was such a dildo yeah. from the beginning, yeah. and it's just like you knew this dildo was gonna, his dildo ness was gonna get them, you know, but it like sets off this like chain of terror. For all of them, which, you know, it sucks. But, you know, don't yeah. hang out with dildos. There's the lesson. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know. Remember, kids. I did not, I really did not think. I was kind of afraid of this movie. I remember, I was like, too. from back when it was out on, first out on DVD and stuff. I was like, oh, man, I've heard some. And I tell you what, I think this, I think the same series. I could be wrong. Because I, I confuse After Dark and Seven Films Dive all the time, but. There was a, a movie called Borderlands from one of them. It was about a Mexican like oh, satanic drug. Oh yes, drummer. yes. It had like a famously like a goat head. On yes, the I remember. Yeah, that part, yeah, dude, that is on or was on Prime, and I tried to watch it like six months ago. Yeah. That had a menacing like I couldn't get twenty minutes into it, and maybe it was just my disposition at the moment, mm. but I that like exuded an uneasiness where Frontiers was. It was a very easy watch for me. Yeah, I just too. I did not think it was that big a deal. That's too exactly. So, uh, but it, I, you know, I agree, Anthony. It's definitely been done better, been done you know many times. Nothing new. It. I also agree with Ray, where it is really interesting culturally to see it. You know, kind of transposed into the French countryside, and then the, the whole Nazi thing was really just like wow, that's. And I really like the setting. They kind of live on top of these mines, like, and yeah. and so the, a lot of it takes place in there. And there's some just really interesting ideas. It was pretty good. I, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't. I would still say *Livid* and *Martyrs* and *Inside*. Definitely, if you're gonna try and knock any of these this stuff that Shutter's got from the French movement right now, that's where I'd start. <clears throat> and I'd get those in first. There's a couple on there. The Claire Denis. I'm completely unfamiliar with her movie, so I want to watch the ones. There's the one with Vincent Gallo, uh, Trouble Every Day, and I forget what the other one is, but it's got the, the guy from T-Tom. So I, I want to I get those in. I don't know if I will, but, you know, whatever. So, right. It's cool to see all that stuff on there right now, though. Yeah, it is cool to see all that stuff on there. I mean, Trouble Every Day, I watched it. It's all right. I mean, I'm a little bit surprised that it's not... Is Vincent Gallo like not like even a producer on that or something? It just no, felt like he's just in it. I think he's just saying he's just in it because it, 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 I there's uh, there's uh, hmm. there's parts of it that uh, like the pacing and like <laughs> yeah because he's notorious for his pacing and the way that it answers things in the films that I was like is this is he was he involved in the creation of this because this is uh, is this a horror movie? Yes, it is. Oh, okay. And I mean, it even starts with like this, like, jazzy music at the beginning. And I'm like, it, it, like, I don't know. There's something about like when we, we, there's a mood that hits at the opening of the film and the music that starts. And that's, that's pretty much it. Okay. That's pretty much the movie. Don't expect it to blow your hair back because it's not setting to blow your okay. hair back. It's more like, I don't know. It's like, it is like you have someone telling you a scary story in a French cafe who is a person who's French. They're smoking while they slowly drink their coffee and are like, now does that not terrify you? <laughs> terrifies me. It's the kind of thing that keeps me up at night. I'm thinking the next offshoot podcast we're going to do is Ray... Smoking and telling stories of the French accent. Just like <laughs> that was that. a terrible French accent. I don't care. It worked for me. Fuck <laughs> oh, yeah, man. I went from six to midnight. I'm, I'm in. Uh, anybody, anything else? Or we'll wrap it. I think we can wrap it. Okay. Well, guys, let's do it again soon in person. Yes. Absolutely. In- indeed. Indeed. Um, I love you guys. Aw. We all love so, each other. Yeah. For the we're all horror, nude. We're all yeah. Oh, oh I mean, come on. For the boner vision. <laughs> oh my lord! So I'm sorry. No, that's okay. So for, for the horror vision horror podcast, I'm Sean. 
<laughs> I'm ready, apparently. I am. I was Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh. Yeah, that was fun. And I guess now it's time to get dressed. <laughs> Violence floods the streets of major cities as cases of the media dubbed murder virus MV20 soar, causing those infected to go on killing sprees. Caught in the middle, police detective Angela Miller finds her only trustworthy ally in the self proclaimed psychic PI Gerald Henry. As the two try to navigate the violence, they are drawn into new age guru. Abra Mellon Harvest's plot to heal the planet. Harvest's missive? The world is sick, and humanity is the infection. The cure? Murder. From the twisted mind of Sean C. Baker, author of A Collection of Desires, and Shadowplay in Book One, Kim and Jesse, comes his most vicious novel yet, Murder Virus. Available.